Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with CEO and founder of The Mom Complex and author, Catherine Winch. She has dedicated her life to making the lives of women easier. As the founder and CEO of The Mom Complex, she helps large companies like Walmart and Johnson & Johnson develop better products for mothers. In her highly praised book, Slay Like a Mother, Catherine has combined over a decade of research with her own struggle with low self-esteem to help women around the world to slay their dragon of self-doubt and live their best lives. Enjoy this interview. Catherine, it's wonderful to meet you. And, you know, before we get into your your life as, as a mother and an author, an advocate, I want to kind of cover what I just touched on a little bit, which is this whole last three years with COVID. And I'm sure we all have PTSD now in March. I'm wondering how you survived that time period and how it subsequently has changed the way that you live your life and you look at things and, and, and business now. Yeah, definitely. I uh, It changed my life pretty profoundly. I mean, my family, first of all, was lucky. We didn't have we all got COVID, but it, you know, it was not detrimental to our health. So I want to say that first and foremost. But, um, you know, for me, it really changed my priorities. We were such a busy family with kids over engaged in activities. Everybody was rushing, rushing, rushing all the time. And, you know, for that one, at least a full year, they didn't participate in any activities outside of our home. And um, it was really refreshing and beautiful. And so I think for us as a family, it caused us to pause and say, okay, well, what do we really want to go back to? You know, and how much do we have to overdo and over-engineer and over-engage with? And so um, while it wasn't an easy year, you know, that first year of COVID, um, it's definitely improved our lives, you know, kind of on the tail end of it. And I think that's the thing that people get weird about. Some people are like, well, you know, it just, I mean, beyond the, the biological and health risks and the death that went into it, a lot of people genuinely have been saying there's been a lot of really good silver linings out of it. And I think that was the part of all of this that I, I noticed, especially with musicians, which I interview quite a bit, was they finally mm-hmm. got a minute to just recalibrate their existence. And all yeah. of this, did. I mean, even look at how nature reacted. You know, the canals in Venice cleared up, the smog went yeah. away in Beijing. Yeah, you know. yeah. There were incredible uh, ways that all that happened. So what I want to do is kind of get to the heart and soul of what you do for a living. And I'm going to put you hypothetically in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day in a grade school. And one of the children will look up at you and ask, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? I love that. That's hilarious. I love it. Okay. I am an entrepreneur, which means I started my own company. I run my own company. I am the boss of uh, a consulting company called The Mom Complex, and we do research with mothers all around the world. And then we help really big companies create better products and services for mothers. So when you were in the third grade, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was in the third grade, I wanted to be a lawyer because I loved the television show Matlock. And I was kind of captivated by, um, you know, the rigor and the practice and the research and the persuasion that went into being a lawyer. And I thought it was really interesting that, you know, it required a lot of hard work, but it also, there were winners and losers. And I'm a very competitively driven person. And so that was my initial dream for my career. So let me ask you this, you know, all of these motivations come 
early on in life to, to become who we are. So when you were young, talk to me a little bit about where you were born and raised and kind of how these seeds were planted in you to become who you are, because you're obviously very giving, you're, you're highly motivated. How did all this begin and, and grow into who you are now? Well, I was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. I still live in Richmond, Virginia. And it's one of the things I'm most proud of is that I've had a very successful career as an entrepreneur, a consultant, an author, and I have never felt the need to move away from my relatively small town. I think, you know, we, we were always taught, you know, that you had to go to the big city. You had to have the bigger office. You had to have more money. And um, and I think my career trajectory is, uh, um, you know, the antithesis of that. And so I'm, I'm quite proud of that. But I was raised by two loving parents that um, happened to be both type A perfectionists. And so um, that was advantageous in many ways because it taught me to work hard. It gave me an extraordinary work ethic. I am fairly convinced I can take on almost any task and do well at it um, because that's how I was raised. But, of course, there's two sides to every coin. So while I was very driven as a child, I'm still very driven. Um, also, those perfectionist tendencies in my family and myself also created a tremendous amount of self-doubt. So despite the success I had maybe, you know, in school, in my career, for the better part of my life, I never really felt good enough. I was always hustling, always running, always needed to do and be more in order to feel good about myself. So it's interesting. You know, I think when people look at my life and say it's successful, I don't disagree um, with that, but some of it came at a cost. Some of my success was achieved because I was trying to prove myself, but um, I put those days behind me after many, many years of therapy. Um, but it was a foundational part of how I became who I am. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, every day we wake up, we have these things that we look forward to and that we want to accomplish and do. What is the main motivator for you? What gets you up? What gets you moving? What gets you going through your day? My motivation, my currency, you know, that's outside of money and power, which most people chase, my currency is impact. And I want to have an impact on the lives of mothers, and I want to make their lives easier. And I do that through my consulting company by solving what I refer to as the external pain points of mothers, so yogurt that has too much sugar, you know, shopping experiences that are terrible, products that are terrible. So I'm solving the external pain points through my consulting work, and then through my book, Slay Like a Mother, I'm helping to have an impact on the internal pain points that mothers face. So the self-doubt, the negative self-talk, the not feeling good enough about ourselves. And it's just so wonderful to finally not be motivated by money or power or title. Um, those metrics are no longer important to me. And so as long as I'm having an impact, I'm improving the lives of the women that work for me, the women that read my book, um, then that all feels like a, a really a good day at work for me. Who has been a consistent role model or hero for you in your life? I would say growing up, um, I really admired my father's work ethic and career so very early on. Um, just a wonderful role model, again, of not having to move to a big city. My 
Um, father was very successful and had job offers in many other cities and never took them um, because he was happy in Richmond. Our family was in Richmond, aunts, uncles, grandparents. So that was a wonderful role model in terms of family values, staying close to to home. And then um, secondly, I would say my paternal grandfather, um, who actually just recently passed at 98, um, and just really taught me to be a good human being, taught me how to treat all people equally, even if they're different from me, um, to help marginalized communities um, be seen and heard and appreciated. And so those two people had a um, pretty profound impact on my life. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend a little time with them, who would it be? That's a good question. Um, Hmm. I would probably say um, Dana Vollmer. She is um, a five-time Olympic medalist and the first woman um, to be a mother and earn a gold medal for the U.S. swimming team. And um, I've never met her personally, but she read my book, Slay Like a Mother, and she was very moved by it. Um, it really, really helped her, what I refer to as slay, you know, one's dragon of self-doubt. And I would love to just sit down and talk to her because um, in a lot of my research with women and mothers, it's just astonishing to me that even the most successful women and successful mothers are riddled with self-doubt and never really feel good enough and are always trying to prove themselves. And so I love studying you know, that dynamic of um, of how, as women, we can be so accomplished, so successful, and still feel so bad about ourselves. So based on the life you've led, the wisdom you've gained, let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into your 20-year-old version of yourself, and that version of you, you could give a piece of advice based on what you've lived through and seen and the wisdom you've gained. What would you tell that young version of you? I would tell my 20-year-old self to not wait so long to love yourself. So as I mentioned earlier, from uh, I've lived with this dragon of self-doubt for so much of my life, so basically from age 15 to 35, so for 20 years of my life, um, this relentless negative self-talk, nagging, um, you know, pushing me to take on more all the time. Um, and I thought that I, I thought in order to feel good about myself, I had to impress people around me. So I lived, you know, at, at 20 years old, I lived a very externally focused life where my self-esteem was drawn from the people around me, which, you know, maybe you know yourself or you can imagine that that's a pretty exhausting way to live. And so, you know, I'm 46 now, well past 20, and I have finally learned after years of therapy and Oprah episodes and red wine, <laughs> love myself from the inside so I no longer require it from the outside. And um, it's a much, much, much better place to be. In your life of accomplishments and all of the things that you've been through, what's the what are you the proudest of? I'm most proud of quitting my very successful career and becoming an entrepreneur. So um, I was a senior vice president at a um, well-known, very accomplished advertising agency, and um, and it impressed a lot of people. You know, advertising is an interesting industry, and um, people were kind of um, 
you know, wowed by what I had accomplished at a young age. And that felt good for a while, getting that external, you know, approval. But after being there for about 15 years, I just realized that I had a very hard time saying no in that environment. It's an always-on, nonstop, always-engaged um, type of industry because it's client service. And so um, I'm really proud that I walked away from that because as a human being that lived her life, um, again, in a very external fashion, trying to impress other people. I had impressed other people with that career, and to walk away from that was the first true sign that I was following my true north, you know, that I was follow following my gut, my instinct. And, you know, people always told me that becoming an entrepreneur, I would work harder than I ever have before, and it's just not true for me. Um, I I absolutely work less than I did before. I have less stress, and so um, you know it's life changing for me, for my family, etc. And um, I'm really proud of walking away from that. So when you were growing up, you know, as a writer, what was the book for you that really opened the curtains and want and made you want to either read more or become a writer? One book that had a big impact on me, it's a book called uh, Spirit Junkie by Gabrielle Bernstein, and I probably read it in my late 20s, and, um, you know, the whole mindfulness movement, meditation, inner peace, all that stuff, you know, when I used to go in Barnes & Noble and seek out a lot of self-help books like that, they were mostly written by men, they were mostly written by older, wiser men, you know, Deepak Chopra, the Wayne Dyers of the world, which I love and admire and soaked up every ounce of wisdom they would give me through their um, their work. But I had yet read a book where someone had such a manic mind like I did and was always negative on herself and learned to turn it around. So that author, Gabrielle Bernstein, she looked like me, she sounded like me, she had a very similar career to me. And that's when I decided that I really wanted to write a book to be able to give you know, more women and more mothers access um, to how you heal yourself from the inside while raising a family, while having a career, while being a woman, while being a mother, etc. So that book, um, you know, had a, a big role in me becoming an author and writing Slay Like a Mother. Everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, clients, colleagues, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I think I am a really good human being at the end of the day. And I no longer define myself um, through the eyes of other people, which was revolutionary. Um, but also I don't define myself by the roles that I play in my life. You know, to answer your question, I would not say I'm a mother or I'm a wife or I'm an entrepreneur or I'm an author because those are roles that I play you know, in my life, but it's not the whole me. It's not the full me. And when I step back and I think about the choices that I have made to help and support um, people that are less fortunate, um, help people who are unseen be seen and heard and felt and loved, I would say that my defining characteristic is being a good human being. I like that answer. So, Catherine, what has been one of the best client responses, fan letters, so to speak, you've ever gotten for the work you've done? I'll say 
say for um, for the mom complex, like in my role as a consultant, um, many years ago we were doing um, a, a big um, kind of immersive experience with a bunch of executives at the Discovery Channel, and we were teaching them all about mothers and how hard it is to be a mother um, in order to help them develop better programming for women and mothers, and the head creative director for the Discovery Channel uh, left the room kind of halfway through this immersive experience where we were sharing insights, stories, videos of the trials and tribulations of mothers. And he left the room and um, came back maybe 15 minutes later, and I worried that something was wrong. We had done something wrong. And I checked in with them after the meeting, and he said, I got really emotional with the research and the insights that you were sharing, and I had to take a break. And the reason I had to take a break is that if he said, if I had known that being a mother was this hard, then I would have been a better son to my mother. And it was a really profound moment because what I really want to do through the mom, com mom complex and the consulting we do is to build empathy for the struggles that mothers face. And that was a really pivotal moment for me where clearly we had done our job of, um, you know, instilling empathy in these executives for um, the help and support that women and mothers need. So that was wonderful. And then on the book side, um, I get letters uh, a lot um, from women all over the world. Um, and, you know, I think the, the thing that moves me the most is when people tell me it has changed their life, that they were living this externally focused world and now they have turned more internal and they have peace and happiness in their heart for the first time in their life. And every time I get one, I cry. <laughs> and I'm just so grateful when people reach out and, and share those stories with me. That's great. Catherine, if anyone out there wants to get your book, they want to hire you, learn more about what you do, where can they go on the web to do that? Sure. Invite anybody to go to slaylikeamother.com. You can sign up for our e-newsletter or you can uh, find me on Instagram at uh, kwinch. Catherine, this has been great. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for giving me your story. It's wonderful. It's a great story. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm -hmm.